Come on now, child, we're gonna go for a ride. Car wheels on a gravel road. Car wheels on a gravel road. Welcome to the Vinyl Crawl, your podcast about craft beer and vinyl records. I'm your host, Alan Miller, joined today by Matt Pfeffergorn. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Awesome. This is a big one. This episode's a big one. Huge. We, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> so we are, yeah, there's no yeah, other way got, to put it. Uh, yeah. So the, the niche genre that we are doing today, because our whole season, this season is about the best albums in niche genres, is alt country. Wow. Yeah. So many big alt country albums. And alt country is... A huge, yeah, it's it's a massive genre because everybody from Uncle Tupelo to Steve Earle to who we're going to talk about today, listen to Williams. That's that right? Yeah, listen to Williams. Uh, so many different Jason Isbell, so many different people fall in this category of alt country, and they all sound completely different when in doubt, throw them in alt country. (laughs) Yeah, if you (laughs) if it sounds a little country. Throw it in alt country. alt country. If you hear a steel guitar and it's not Jerry Garcia, throw it in alt country. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly what right. people do. Yeah. Anytime they hear a country instrument on something, they go, oh, that's alt country. Yeah. File that away in Americana or alt country. Oh, Americana. Oh, right. That'll be another Whoa. one we have to do later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already mixing them up. All right. But this one's alt country. Let's go through the beer first. That's the easy part. But wait, isn't Americana and alt country? <sighs> Never mind. Okay, Americana moving on to the beer. Gonna be another, <laughs> that's going to be another like subset of alt country. I'm just trying to Man. heighten. Oh. Okay. So the beer we are drinking this time is the West Six, which is our homeboys from Lexington. That's right. They're Penny Ryle Pale Ale yes. in a gorgeous blue can. You know, is yeah. The label is incredible. As far as cans go, this is perfect with a uh, about three or four shades of blue on it. They they don't, whatever they pay their art people, they need to double it. Yeah. Because there's this can, great. there's Heller Heaven. Yeah. There's so many great can designs for West Sex. Yeah. And even if you don't know them, the can immediately catches your eye. It does. It does. It says it's a seasonal release. So, uh, well, it's 70 degrees outside in winter. <laughs> what season are we in, Matt? Exactly. <laughs> this was canned in November. So, okay. You know, uh, I don't know how far out they, they dis- distribute their stuff. I don't know how far away from here you can get it. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It just came to town here. Yeah. Um, it's a fabulous beer. It really is. It's nice, light. Yep. It's a, a light amber color. Yeah. Just a great all-around beer. Not like it's a little heavy for a session. You wouldn't call it a session beer, maybe. Oh, no. No. But you could definitely drink a couple and be okay. It's not It's not too heavy just to add yeah. one. Or you drink three and be great. <laughs> you heard it here first from <laughs> Matt Feffercorn. Two, you're okay. Three, you're great. Four, you better call a cab. Or Uber. Or Uber, yeah. Uber's the thing now. It is. Or Lyft. Or Lyft. <laughs> but yeah, it's this is a great beer. Highly um, recommend it. I don't know I don't know what flavors. What I mean Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what flavors I'm getting off of it. 
if I got to destri- describe it. To me, it's a little more hoppy than your usual pale ale. A lot of carbonation too. Yeah. It might just be the specific batch, but there's a lot of carbonation in it, so it's that makes it more light and airy, I guess, than a normal pale ale. But great beer, I'd highly recommend it. Definitely, you yeah. recommend it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, one of the guys who's reviewed it has record or as uh, saying it was similar to Zombie Dust in flavor. Like, a little bit. I guess I could see that a, a little bit. Maybe a lighter. Yeah. Zombie Dust. I don't know. Great beer. Highly recommended. Go get it. So the album we've chosen for the the best alt-rock, or alt-rock, there we go again. Damn it. Alt-country, which is country mixed with rock or whatever, is Lucinda Williams' 1998 album, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road, which when I mentioned this to Matt... He informed me that he had listened to so many times that he could almost not listen to it anymore. Oh, it was a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> um, I think I listened to this for a couple of years, and within the tour she did for this album, I think I saw her five or six times. And then when I met Kim, I turned her on to it. We saw her again a couple more times, and then about, I don't know, 2003, I I put it down for like five years or so. I couldn't listen to it, which some people would say, well, then it's not a great album or not your favorite album because you can't listen to it, but I mean, you can wear one out. It's nonstop. Yeah, you can definitely wear an album out. Um, But you've also met Lucinda a few times, right? Yeah. Yep. So what what's your take on her as a performer? As a performer? As a performer. Oh, she's great. Incredible. You know, this tour was awesome. She had a killer band with her. I think John Jackson was playing guitar with her, um, who had come off playing with Dylan a few years prior to that. But she's always good. Um you know, in the times I've seen her in the past uh three to four years She's been great as well, but maybe not quite the fire she had. I don't know that time period. I don't know. This was like this was it. This was, and she's kind of a Nashville staple too, right? Like she's she's always around mm-hmm. Nashville. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she maybe she didn't live there. I think part of the time she does. Yeah. probably she's always at the Americana Awards. Right. You know, she, I've seen her at shows at the Ryman. In the audience or hanging out or whatever. Well, she got a lot of attention because she wrote Passionate Kisses for oh, yeah. Mary, Mary Chapin, Chapin Carpenter. Yeah. 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 So she got a lot of Amy attention. Emmy Lou are, uh, recorded it as well. Did too. she? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think so, yeah. Um, so she she got a ton of attention off writing that song. This is prior to, to this album coming yeah. out. I think she kind of struggled to find her way as a singer-songwriter. Well, she started as kind of like a folky bluesy type person yeah you know almost like that muddy waters folk country blues type thing the tough thing with lucinda is she's she's kind of got the curse of a lot of songwriters in nashville where even though you write these incredible songs you might not have quite the voice they're looking for and her voice is a little more rough around the edges it is it's not it's not that you know in 90s country it was not that what they were looking for at all it could be 
Dylan-esque at times. It can, yeah. You know? She has maybe a little more control than Bob does. I yeah, give her. Right. Bob can be anywhere and everywhere, but she she does carry that characteristic, though, of strange melodies she does with her voice sometimes that you don't necessarily see coming. Yeah. They always work, but you don't necessarily... I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a, you can tell she's a songwriter by the way she writes her songs. Mm-hmm. Just the same way you can tell someone's not a songwriter by the way they sing their songs. So clean and precise. And yeah. You can tell somebody else wrote that and gave it to them. Uh, but this album in particular is her biggest selling album. I think it says it went gold, sold like 870 some thousand copies. So right. Yeah. Fairly popular. Well, album. yeah. In a time for, for what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not selling millions like a standard pop album, but it sold quite a few records for, for her genre she was in. Uh, I guess to give a little background, she recorded some of it in Nashville. She recorded some of it in California, I think. Um, there's a there's a lot of stories about Steve Earle being on the album with her and helping her with mm-hmm. it and then them having a huge falling out and him saying it's the most... Uh, what he say? It was the most miserable time he had working on an album. Working on an album. Or something. The, mo- the least amount of fun I've had working on a record is what Steve Earle said about who was the Who was the final producer listed for the album, though? Uh, Roy Bitten. B-I-T-T-A-N. That's right. That's the, uh, that's the guy who got the producer credit for it. What band is he in? I couldn't tell you. The E Street Band. Okay, he's the piano player, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, there, there it is. Get back to Lake Charles. He used to talk about it. He just go on and on. He always said Louisiana was where he felt at home. So, before we even dive into the album, what makes this album considered alt-country? I guess if we look at the background of alt-country, alt-country stems from, if you want to take it all the way back, it stems from the birds with Sweethearts of the Rodeo. Oh, yeah. Probably does. And and even like New Riders of the Purple Sage, things like that. Yeah. That into Flying Burrito Brothers, into Graham Parsons, Graham Parsons into the band, some of their stuff they did. Even had that like alt country kind Actually, of Actually, music from Big Pink was probably considered one of the. For when did Sweethearts come out? It was after that, wasn't Sweethearts it? Sweethearts and Big Pink were right around the same time, like '67 to '69. They were all in that that same time frame. Yeah. But this current crop of alt country, which I'll I'll put this album into because '98's not. You know, it's been a little while, but it's not too too long ago. Yeah. Um, it's like the second coming of alt country in a way where they mix even more rock and roll into the traditional country, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Because like this album has a pretty clean sound to it. It's not, it's not overproduced. No, they sound like a live band playing. So yeah. you don't get like that overproduced nineties country sound. Oh yeah. But they still sound like country songs, like the songs, you know, 
even the title track, the the car wheels on a gravel road title track, mm-hmm. that sounds like a country song. The way, she, from the lyrics she wrote, from the way she sings it, and the way the band plays, you feel like you're in there in the car going down the road with her. Like a road trip kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. The picture that is painted, you've, if it makes sense, you can feel it going down the road with her. And it's the thing that I really like about this album is it kind of it, it runs a little bit like a road trip when you listen to it. It does. There's not a lot of ups and downs in the songs. They kind of just all flow. The flow is great on the album. And yeah, it's a perfect road trip album. Yeah. I mean, you, you could throw it on and drive and you you wouldn't necessarily know when you're skipping between songs because they all tend to to meld into another song. And you're like, oh, that song was great. Oh, this song is great too. Oh, this song is great too. Like they, they keep, they stay continuously great through the whole album. Yeah. Um, I found myself really liking, uh, writing time. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. Um, I liked Lake Charles. A yeah. Bit. Um, Greenville. I really liked, of course, mm-hmm. Emily Harris is singing with her, I guess on Greenville doing harmonies on that. Um, still I long for your kiss. That's a great song. Does it kind of feel like a Lucinda Williams greatest hits when you listen to this record? <laughs> well, it is for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like uh, Metal Firecracker a lot. And Too Cool to Be Forgotten was pretty, a good song. That was a, that's a pretty neat song. Yeah. I like that one. I think Right in Time was the tune she was performing on Good Morning America. Okay. And they told her that she would have to censor that tune. It had overtones to uh, masturbating. Oh. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I think it was right in time. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to really even describe the album because it's, it's its own kind of entity. Like, I still think it's the best, probably one of the best alt-country albums I've ever heard. I don't know if... I would consider it the best alt country album for me personally. Yeah. But if I was going to describe the genre to somebody, I'd be like, put this shit. Oh, on. This, this is a perfect intro to it. It's this, like alt country. What's that? This is a good here. template for every other alt country album you listen yeah. to. Um, Cause you know, there's a, a huge discussion too about uncle Tupelo. If they're the, if they're the original alt country of like the current crop of alt country. Oh. Um, Cause they kind of laid, they laid a, a template at one time with I can't remember the they name. Did. I can't remember the name of the album, but that first um, Uncle Tupelo album, yeah, that everybody really enjoys. I feel like that's the one that a lot turned to, and then into Wilco from there, yeah. of course, and Sunvolt. And that Sunvolt. first Sunvolt album, uh, Trace, that's 
better than the first Wilco album, I think. <laughs> if you're comparing yeah, if you're... the the Uncle Tupelo people, the splits. Um, but that Trace, it's a, that's a hard one to beat. I've also heard people say that Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is alt country, and to them I say it is not Hell alt no. country. No, I don't even think being there is. No, no. Uh, like, AM is the only alt country album they ever did. Summer Teeth isn't that one a. Uh, that was is more, it Summer Teeth? Yeah, is that the name of it. Yeah, it's a little bit more experimental. It okay. seems like. Yeah, I, I would say AM's the only. Is that the one with Casino Queen? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's box straight, full of letters. That's straight alt country. Can't what is it? Can't get high. Uh, <laughs> I must be high. Must be high. Yeah. Can't get high. Is widespread panic. <laughs> they're alt country too. They're all, yeah. Americana. I'm sorry. They're Americana. Americana. But I, yeah, I think, and I even think that maybe the best alt country album is still yet to come because the genre is just picking up steam again. Because you've got. You know, Isbel, yeah. Isbel strikes a really strong case for alt country too, especially with his last album. That's something more than free. Yeah, but I don't know if there really is alt country anymore because everything, everything that's alt country now gets branched into Americana that's for a, the Americana that's awards. Point. That's a great point. It does get branched into Americana, yeah. um, and there is a fine line between the two. Yeah, I guess if we're you know, like we talked about with the previous thing with like two tone. If we're talking about alt country, we're probably looking at a span of time, yeah, between nineteen eighty nine to or nineteen ninety even, yeah, up until two thousand one or something like right in that time period. Yeah, wasn't there like a festival too? Wasn't there like an alt country festival where all those bands played? I don't know. I was thinking that Sunvolt and and. Uh, uh, Wilco and a couple other people played, or it might just be Austin City Limits. They all played Austin City Limits. <laughs> South by Southwest. Yeah, it there could was just the be... Americana Rama. Okay, that was uh, Wilco and My Morning Jacket and Bob Dylan. That's not really. You know, we could even we could stretching a little throw Tennessee Fire and At Dawn into some alt country yeah. as well. Yeah, true. Very experimental alt country, yeah. like alt country by way of Flaming Lips, but still, we could we could throw that early My Morning Jacket stuff in there. Whiskey Town makes a hard case. Whiskey for Town, some best Ryan Adams, alt yeah. country. Heartbreaker is an alt country album. It is. I, I can I can say that one's alt country. Yeah, but I think Heartbreaker, Ryan Adams, Heartbreaker is like the end of alt country. Could That's be. That's like yeah. right at the tail end. Um, Strangers Almanac whiskey town see you know i don't i'm not as familiar with whiskey town yeah like i've heard bits and pieces that i liked but i haven't actually sat down because i've always heard people say that like oh there's good whiskey town and really bad whiskey town depends there's alt country whiskey town and then there's kind of more poppy maybe which is where and it might be the one i listened to the most was cold roses was that that's the, ryan adams that's Ryan and adams. the cardinals and the cardinals sorry and they then all there's Gillian start, Welch. Yeah, I mean. They all start. Right. Gillian Welch is another one we haven't yeah. talked about who's part of the, the whole. Although she's more like roots Americana than, than alt country, than alt I would country. say. Yeah. But for for alt country, <laughs> I gotta I will go back and say that 
this is the this is a good album to call alt country. Yeah, Lucinda Williams. Yep. Maybe Steve Earle too. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> damn it, Steve Earle's gonna come Steve and Earl. hit us. <laughs> what what Steve Earle album was out in the in the nineties that made an impact on oh, you for man. alt country? Because I don't consider Guitar Town to be alt country. I consider that a country album. Yeah, Exit Zero was another great one that he did, but that was eighties as well. Um, oh man, what was that tune or that? It's not Copperhead Road. No, um, no the that's one entirely. Train a Coming, I think is what it was. The one I listened to a lot. Okay. Yeah. Train a Coming. Um, but the one that he did, actually, I feel all right as well. But the one he did, um, with Del McCurry and his band. I do remember, I vaguely remember that, yeah. I the Mountain vague. or Mountain something. I do vaguely remember that. That was great. And that tour was great. Cool. But. Well, you can pick up, to get back to the vinyl aspect of it, this album got a music on vinyl release. Yes. You were telling me. Yep. Not too awful long ago. Yeah. So I would highly suggest picking that up if you're even remotely into it. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, on Spotify, there's a really awesome deluxe edition. Oh, yeah. It has live tracks for the second disc where it's got uh, Pineola. Pineola. Or Pineola. Great tune. Great song. Live version of that. Live version of Metal Firecracker, Car Wheels, Greenville. Um, That's... I think it's worth listening to just to hear those live versions because they're even rougher. Oh yeah. Than the studio version. She was smoking back then. Yeah, but there's a lot of character yeah. to it. It's, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the band was on fire, you know, and I think they had three guitar players, including her. That's something else we haven't discussed is the music on She's Car on Wheels. acoustic and then the blazing. music on Car Wheels is incredible. Oh yeah. The band's well, incredible. Buddy Miller was on it, Charlie Sexton. <laughs> yeah. Ray it's Kennedy, a, it's you a know, great lineup I mean, of people. Yeah, yeah. It took her forever to do, but it paid off. It's a five star album. Buddy Miller, just that's just crazy. Jim Lauderdale, he sings yeah. on it. Yep. I mean, it's, it's her and uh, Jim are big buddies. Yeah, it, to me, it's like it's, it is a pretty perfect alt country album. It might not be my favorite, but it's a pretty perfect alt country album. You got anything else to add to it? Five stars, baby. Five star. Five star album. Five star beer. Perfect podcast. What else do you want? <laughs> Not a day goes by I don't think about you. You left your mark on me. It's permanent. A tattoo. Pierce the skin. And the blood runs through